Amen. Amen. We salute our veterans today. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice to our nation. Jesus said, what greater love than these, than he who gives his life for his friends. Thank you for willing to give your life for our nation today. Our nation is free today because of your sacrifices. Church, one more time, can you just give all of our veterans in here a great, big, God bless you. Amen. 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 These folks back here can sing, can't they? My goodness. Come on, let's just give God praise. Pastor Porter, Pastor Grace, what an amazing job. Y'all need to share that video, make it go viral, let it go sing the national anthem. Some of the ones I've heard sing, they need, it. they need some help. We need to let her get out there and sing it a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you just remain standing? I know the hour's late, and um, we won't, we, we'll keep the same day rule. We'll let you get out the same day you got in. The, uh, <laughs> it is late, and I, and, I, and I know the time, and we're not, we won't be very long. But just one quick announcement. Uh, next week is our baptism service. We're going to be having a baptism service right here on Sunday morning while praise and worship is going on. Uh, we've got numerous folks that have already signed up. If you have not signed up, please do that. You can do that today. We just need a number of people that are going to be doing it so we can prepare adequately for that. But it's going to be an amazing time next Sunday morning. While, while we're worshiping and praising the Lord, people are going to be baptized. It's going to be awesome. Amen. It's also good today to see Christina. Moore here, and um, Josh, and their family, Adrian, it's good to see you guys. We had their father's funeral here on Friday night in his graveside service yesterday morning, and just what an amazing tribute to a wonderful man, to a wonderful family. We love you guys. It's so good to see you today. God bless you today. God bless you today. Well, while you're standing there, will you just grab your Bibles, if you would, please, and let's go to... Second Chronicles. I really got something stirring in my heart. I know we won't have time to do everything just because of the hour, the lateness of it, but I felt like today would have been an adequate day. I know Wednesday is Veterans Day, but I feel like we would have been, we would have missed it if we didn't take time to honor our veterans today. And just the condition of our nation, the fight that's going on in our nation, Pastor Mark said it a while ago, for its very soul. We're fighting for the soul of our nation. And, um, and it really doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. What matters the most is, is that we understand that at the end of the day, the church is still alive. And the church is the agent of change. And so in the midst of all the turmoil that's going on, and, and we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that maybe today, but, but just know today that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. You have to know that today. He was never voted in, and he'll never be voted out. And if you think the Savior of this planet comes in on Air Force One, you have missed everything. It's not about the donkey or the, lam or the, or the elephant. It's about the lamb. It's about the lamb. But I felt like God gave me a word this morning, and I want to really just open it up. And I want to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture, Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I just want to lay maybe what will be a foundation even for next week. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 1, and it says, Now it came about after this, that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with the sons of the Minyanites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, or the same, it's the same thing as Edom. And behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And so Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. And then this begins Jehoshaphat's prayer, verse number 5. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not the God of the heavens? And you not, are you not the ruler over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand. 
so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to your descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? They have lived in it and they have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, should evil come upon us? He's actually praying the prayer of Solomon. This is what Pastor Mark was alluding to. He's standing in the temple of Solomon and he's using Solomon's prayer on the day of dedication. In other words, he's reminding God about his promises. When you're in the middle of a fight, it's always good to remind God of what he's already said. And so he said, should evil come upon us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before the house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Now behold the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned aside and from them, and they did not destroy them. See how now them are, how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given to us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? Here, here, here we go now. Just get ready. It's all coming. For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. And we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all of Judah, all of Judah was standing before the Lord. When there is a crisis in the nation, the best thing you can do is be in God's presence. All of Judah was standing before the Lord and watch this, and they had their babies. They had their wives and their children. In other words, they just wasn't one or two people. They brought their families. Because what's going on in our nation is just not about this generation. It's about the generations that's coming after us. Look with me in verse number 17. Now, here, here's the word of the Lord for this house, and here's the word of the Lord for this nation. Are you ready for this? This is the word of the Lord for this house, and this is the word of the Lord for this nation. You need not fight in this battle, but station yourself or position yourself. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. <laughs> Man, I feel like preaching. Verse number 20. And they arose early in the morning. They went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went there. All of them went out with Jehoshaphat, stood and said, listen. To me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. And put your trust in his prophets and succeed. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who could sing. You see how they wrote the sang, S-A-N-G, sang. He appointed, the, the Bible's got a lot of southern humor in it. He, he appointed those who could sing to the Lord. Those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army. And this, this is what they did. They began to give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. And when they begin to worship, when they begin to sing and praise, when they begin to lift up their voice in thanksgiving, when they begin to thank God for what they already knew that God had already established, the Bible says that the Lord put an ambush against their enemies. I just came to tell somebody today, God's about to ambush your enemies. God's about to ambush the enemies of the, over this nation. There are things in this nation that's about to come alive to the awakening of God's movement. It's about to flip. The, the word ambush, that I don't have time to preach all this, so I'm going to give it to you now. The word ambush literally means to confront suddenly. To confront unexpectedly. It literally means a surprise attack. This is what I heard the Lord say. This is my message for us this morning. Everything changes when God is involved. Everything changes when God gets involved. I want you to high-five about three people around you and tell them God's not finished. Just tell them God's not finished. God's not finished. No, you ain't doing it like you understand it. I need you to high-five somebody and tell them with everything you got, God is not finished. He is not finished with what he started. 
I need you to run across the aisles and say, hold the line. Whatever you do, just hold the line. Just hold the line. Hold the line. Just tell somebody, you got to hold the line. You got to stay faithful. Some of y'all ain't moving. You need to hold the line. You got to hold the line. Hold. Hold the line. Every veteran in here knows what I'm talking about. Hold the line. Let's pray, Father. We thank you this morning for your presence. What an amazing presence we've already had. What an amazing tribute to the men and women in uniform. Lord, we thank you today for what you're going to do. Just in the next few minutes, Lord, we know the time. We know what time it is. But Lord, I pray that you just speak fast, speak strong, put something in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, not only in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our nation. Lord, we thank you for a great awakening, a third awakening that's sweeping across this nation. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for everything to be said and done now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. I think it goes without saying that we are facing the greatest battle uh, that the church has ever faced. Uh, Everything is at stake. Everything is at stake. Everything that's taking place in our nation. And this, please don't put me in a political column today because I'm not, I preached as as much controversial sermons I've ever preached in the last six weeks. And and I'm not afraid of being put in a political column, but I'm not being political. I'm just being kingdom. And and everything in our nation is at stake right now. Uh, Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And, and everything that can topple over is being toppled over. Everything that cannot stand is not going to stand. Uh, but we live in a kingdom that's unshakable. We live in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so we understand that everything around us is being shaken. Our nation is literally, you got to see this because this affects you. What happens to our nation happens to us. So our nation is literally hanging in the balance, and we are facing the greatest external threat that we have ever faced as a nation before. Uh, For the church, let me say it to you this way, for the church, our faith is being tested. Our faith is being tested because what God is trying to do in America is bring in one of the greatest end-time harvests America has ever seen. What God is trying to do in America is bring some of the greatest movements that our nation has ever seen and we are literally on the threshing floor we are literally at the door entrance to the greatest movements that this nation has ever encountered in its history and so the church is going through all of these ripple effects that's going on in our nation because of an election and if we're not careful the church can lose its faith because we put our faith in a system rather than in God And at the end of the day, God is not looking for a system to deliver men. God is looking for a power of his presence to come into a nation. What turned Israel around was not a system. It wasn't a political system. It was the power in the presence of God that began to invade a nation. Now, does that not mean that government, y'all heard me preach all that. I've stood on platforms here last two weeks, and I declared with every ounce of energy and fire and passion, I had to let you know where our nation stands politically. Our nation is in a downhill spiral politically. We know that. So, so, but this is the hour for the church not to lose its faith. This is the hour for the church not to lose our hope. This is the hour for the church not to lose our confidence. Huh? Listen, this is the hour. I don't know how you, how you decipher news and things like that, but this is the hour where you don't need to be listened to the mainstream prophets of America. The mainstream, what is the mainstream prophets of America? It's your media outlets. If you are listening to any cable news source, you are listening to false prophets, including Fox. I know I'm going to mess up some of y'all right there, but I don't care. I'm just telling you, Fox does not have the word of the Lord. MSNBC does not have the word of the Lord. CNN does not have the word of the Lord. ABC, NBC, none of them has the word of the Lord. What has the word of the Lord is the church. It's the body of Christ. 
So, and, and, and if the church ain't careful, you're going to keep listening to the news and you're going to pick up sound bites that are tainted, that are just, that are covered with all kinds of false misinformation and things. And it's not done unintentionally, it is done intentionally. We are living in a world of deception, we are living in a world of lies. And if the church don't recognize that the truth is in us, we will start believing the lies and we will lose our faith and we'll lose the ability to influence a nation. There, there's, there, there's a, I'm trying to hurry because the, the false prophets of Baal are, 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 are loud. They're very loud. And my wife got on to me last night. I came back over to my side of the house. I got an office on the other side of the house. I came back to the other side. Y'all need those details. Anyway, I came over there, and, and it was about midnight. She says, what are you doing? I said, I'm catching up on the news. She says, why you got that junk on in our house? <laughs> I said, it's research, baby. I got to hear what's going on. I want to know how many lies so I can combat it. She goes, no, you turn it off. Turn it off. We haven't listened to the news for a week. Porter had to text me about the outcome of whatever happened in the election on Saturday. I don't know. Because I heard a word from God. And I'm not going to let the media drive a word that's, that's, that's controversial to the word of God. And so you have to understand it. So we, for a whole week, we've turned off the news. Now, I'm getting news, but I'm getting it from reliable sources. <laughs> so what we're up against and what we're fighting against is a spirit of deception. And, 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 and at the body of Christ, watch this now, we have the power to dismantle and expose deception. And if the body of Christ don't recognize and discern, listen, it, I don't care if you're a Trump supporter. I don't care if, if you're on the Trump train or you're riding with Biden. I don't care. I don't care. At the end of the day, listen, we, we know the policies. I gave those to you last week. I pointed those out. That there, There's a Democratic Party that is totally evil. That their, their policies are evil. I told you that. I showed it to you. You didn't even have to research it. I put it in front of you. I'm just telling you where all that stands. But at the end of the day, my hope and trust is not in the government of men. It's in the government of God that will rule and reign forever and ever and ever. Because in four more years, guess what? We're going to vote again. Four more years after that, we're going to vote again. But we serve a God that cannot be voted in, and we serve a God that cannot be voted out. He is Christ, the ruler over everything. And if you think for a moment that the church, I'm just trying to help us. If you think for a moment just because things don't look like the way we want them to look like, that God has left us, that God has abandoned us. The church is being tested. Our faith is being tested. And now is not the time to back up in a corner and say, well, we tried. Now is the time to put our foot down, begin to declare with our words that Jesus Christ will rule and reign in this land. Push on somebody and tell them when God gets involved, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. We've got to break the spirits of deception, spirits of Jezebel, manipulating, deceiving spirits. Listen, I'm just going to tell you. I know some of y'all are not, not going to like it, but it's okay. You didn't like the things I said before anyway. I've been telling you since mid-April, at the end of April for sure, that this whole COVID thing has been a hoax. Go back. It's been recorded. You can follow. You can pick me up. It's been, I started. It's, 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 it's been a hoax. It's not that it's not real. It's not that it doesn't affect people. Are you with me? Stay with me. But when, when, when they announced President-elect Joe Biden, did you see the people out in the streets? When, well, all right, let me break it down. When, 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 when uh, uh, Notre Dame beat Clemson last night, did y'all know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Notre Dame beat Clemson last night, the stands flooded the football field. 
You couldn't put a sheet of paper between the people in the fields. They were packed in it. Nobody said nothing about COVID. Nobody said nothing about when people were dancing in the streets. Nobody, I'm telling you, it's because there's been an underlying current. There's been an underlying message to mess up the body of Christ, to make us think that COVID is something. I'm telling you, the America has been hoodwinked. We have bought the lie and the deception. If the church don't learn to discern between it, we'll stay cornered up in our own little corner and wonder where God has ever been. Amen. Amen. I, I, got, I, I, was, I, I was watching my news when Karen snatched it from me. And, and I said, well, can I? And I, have, I haven't seen a football game all year. Hadn't seen a basketball game all year. Hadn't even seen a baseball. I didn't even know who won the baseball game until I came in the office the, the, the next day. And uh, Pastor Carlos said, hey, did you know that the Dodgers won the World Series? But my dad was a big Dodgers fan. I'm sure he's clapping right now. <laughs> Y'all finally did it after I got out of here. <laughs> I wish I could have been here to celebrate with you. <laughs> but here, and I'm like, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not, getting, I'm not getting with anything that supports evil agendas. And if you don't think the NFL don't support evil agendas, you need to read their policies. So I'm not getting, I'm not getting, I'm not saying I'm not against the sports world. I'm just not getting with it in this season because there's some corruption going on. But, but when all this stuff was breaking and people were just, they, 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 I, I flipped it around before Karen caught me. I flipped it around. I couldn't find one news agency talking about the spread of COVID. But you let a church gather and all of a sudden, COVID knows where church folks are, and everybody's going to be infected, and we're going to spread it. It's a world of deception. We're living literally in a world of deception, and it's going to take the church to push through it and not lose our faith in the middle of a confrontation. Watch this. Everything that God does, he does with intentionality. Meaning that his actions are never an end unto themselves. They will always work as a means to an end. He never does something just to do something. Because he's always intentional about what he's doing. Whenever he does something, it's because he's doing something. Because he's intentional. And because he's intentional, even when he does nothing, he's still doing something because he's intentional about doing nothing. So when you don't think God is on the scene, just because you don't seem don't mean he ain't working. Just because you don't feeling don't mean that he's not there. Just because it's not working in the way you think it ought to work, you just need to know that God is intentional. So when he's doing something, he's intentional about what he's doing. And when he's doing nothing, he's still doing something because he's intentional about doing nothing. Hallelujah. So I've learned how to praise him when it's working in my favor. And I've learned how to praise him when it wasn't working in my favor. Because just because I don't see him moving doesn't mean that he's not moving. Doesn't the Bible teach us in Romans 8, 28, that God causes all things to work together for the good to them that love God and who are called according to his purposes. So God will take every little bad thing. God will take every little negative thing. God will take every bad report. God will take every wrong report. God will take every deception, every lie, and he can turn it around and bring some good out of it. Therefore, i got to hurry now. Therefore, my faith is not just a theory. My faith is not a feeling. My faith is not a school of thought. My faith is not a one-time experience. My faith is an attitude. <laughs> Look at your name and say, you need to get an attitude. You know, an attitude of faith is what I'm talking about. You need an attitude of faith. Some of y'all got an attitude, we know. You need an attitude of faith. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a behavior. Faith is not something that I possess. Faith is something that possesses me. 
That means my faith is always intact. My faith is always there. Watch this now. This is going to help you. My faith doesn't belong to the realm of emotions. Faith is not solical. Faith is spirit. We have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore I receive. So faith is not built in the realms of emotions. I can get excited about it. That's in my realm of emotions. I can get even emotional about it. That's in my realm of emotions. But it's not emotional. Faith can work when my emotions get hurt. Because my faith is not emotional. Faith doesn't belong to the realm of logic. Faith is spiritual. The Bible says in Corinthians that the mind cannot comprehend the things of the spirit. In fact, they are, they are warring against each other because your mind cannot comprehend what God wants to do in your spirit. You're, that's, why, that's why Romans 12 says you've got to renew your mind. Because if your mind don't get renewed, your, your mind will talk you out of what your spirit is trying to possess. And your mind will keep giving lies to you until it becomes renewed. How does it get renewed? It becomes conformed to his image, not to the image of this world. So until your mind thinks like God, your mind is being tricked. Your mind is being manipulated. Your feelings are getting hurt. But we don't live by feelings. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So I'm not living by my feelings. Nothing wrong with my feelings, but my feelings have to be subjected to my faith. Because I've learned how to praise God when it didn't work. My feelings were hurt. I've learned how to praise God when my emotions were hurt. I've learned how to praise God when people lied. I've learned how to praise God when people were mistrusted. I've learned how to praise God when I wanted it to work one way, but God let it work out another way. And I've had to learn how to God, praise God with tears running down my cheeks. But at the end of the day, I know that God is at work doing something because even when nothing is happening, he is still doing something because he's always intentional about what he's doing. So revelation can never be interpreted through the natural mind. So our fight now, watch this now. Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the word of the Lord to them was, you need not fight in this battle, but position yourself. Stand in a posture of receptivity. Position yourself to receive what God had already promised. Some of you in here today are believing for personal promises. And the circumstances surrounding those promises don't look right. They're not lining up with what you're believing for. Here's the word for you. Stand. This is not your battle. If the battle is bigger than you, it ain't your fight. And so here we are. Here Jehoshaphat is. Let me just work it around a little bit. Jehoshaphat is given instructions to stand and not fight. What do you do when you're used to fighting? Now you ain't supposed to fight. It's not the fight to make something happen, the fight is to stay in faith. We have to fight. Here comes the rain. Y'all just got, I just bought another 10 minutes. Y'all don't want to get out there in that wet. That's because it's sloppy weather. Get a catch a cold. <laughs> oh, the Lord is so faithful. <laughs> I'm just playing. Not really. <laughs> so that means there's certain things if we stay in the fight of faith, that becomes the center of our warfare because our faith is about our ability to believe God when we can't comprehend God. When, 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 we're, when we're faced with a situation that we can't make sense of, it's our faith that keeps us connected to God's promises. So the moment you come out of faith, you get in the flesh. And, and that's when you start, that's when you, that's when you become like Peter in the garden, when you pull out your own sword and you go to kill a man and he ducks and you just get his ear. Jesus looks at and says, hey, put away your sword, Peter. Just put it away. This fight ain't about you killing somebody. 
This fight is about me ascending to the very throne that God has destined me to be ascended to so that I can come back here and establish a people uh, on this planet called the ecclesia, the church, so that when you stand in my place in the time to come, when you declare a thing, when you speak a thing, it's we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So my faith now, watch this, my faith in the midst of everything is not to come unglued by what I'm hearing, but it's to stay in faith by what I believe. What do you believe? I believe God. I believe the report of the Lord. Have you ever had, to, have you ever had a word from God and, it, and, and there, there would be contrary circumstances and you just had to knuckle down and believe God? Come on, if you, have, you ever, have you ever been believing God for something that you know was a word from God and not just a want from God? I mean, there's a big difference between a word from God and a want from God. Huh? When, when God really gives you a word, what is his word? His word is his promises. Huh? So when you get a word from God, you, you begin to hold on to it. And I don't know about you, but I know I, there's, there's a little bit of grit in me. So, so when I know that God has spoken a word in my life, come heaven or hell, high water, whatever. I'm going to hunker down and believe God. Thank all three of y'all. Our nation is being rocked by the church coming out of faith. The church has to stay in faith to push in. Listen, if you thought a movement, a movement of God in America was just going to be a piece of cake, if you thought for one moment the devil was just going to lay down and just say, well, y'all just come on and take over, you have lost your mind. This is, this is the greatest fight that this generation will ever have. But if we win this fight for this generation, our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren after us will stand in the place and say, thank God for my mama. Thank God for my daddy. Thank God for my grandma. Thank God for my grand. Thank God that there was a company of people that stood on the word of God and fought the tyrannies of evil. That's what we got to have. Okay, so let me hurry because I'm down to five minutes. Is there, it's, raining, it's still raining. So ten minutes. So, so certain things may happen to other people, they're not going to happen to us. See, see, whatever God possesses, he possesses it in its totality. So whatever God has, he has without measure because he's a too much God. He's a more than enough God. There's no lack in God. Lack cannot exist in him because by his, his own nature, Whatever is lacking, he feels. One of the most fascinating attributes about God is that he cannot be depleted of anything. There's no shortage or deficiency in God. And it really doesn't matter how much demand is made on him. He's always a too much God. The Bible says he has all sufficiency in everything. That means he can supply whatever we need. He can give us whatever is lacking and never be depleted of anything. He can give knowledge and still retain all knowledge. He can give love and still be all loving. He can supply strength and never lose no strength. He can give wisdom and never lack in wisdom. He's able to get to where you are and never leave where he was. Because God cannot be depleted of anything. I'm, I'm making a point, so track with me. There's nothing that can shortchange God. <laughs> There's no need in God. There's no void in God. There's no emptiness in God. There's, and that means there's, there, there should be no emptiness in you. There should be no void in you. Because if he fills all things, then he can fill our life. Trying to help us because we're talking about where we're going as a nation. God doesn't just enter a room. He fills a room. He fills whatever I give him. If I give him a minute, he'll fill it. If I give him a day, he'll fill it. If I give him a month, he'll fill it. If I give him a year, he'll fill it. If I give him my life, he will fill it. 
If God will do that for us, what do you think God will do for a nation if we give it to him? So I came to say, here we go. I'm going to close out right here. He becomes whatever the hour is demanding. God doesn't live in time. He lives in eternity. We know that. But he operates in time. Therefore, God is never shaken by the present times because he's eternal. God's beyond time. The Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. God never starts something until it's already completed. He's alpha and omega. He can't be alpha and not be omega. He's both and at the same time. So whatever God has started, he's faithful to complete. So he begins this journey because he's an all-knowing, all-sufficient, almighty God. And so he, he began this journey in our nation 244 years ago. Watch this. On his name. You ain't got to agree with me. It's historically fact. He began this nation on his name. Not your name, not my name, not the Democrats' name, not the Republicans' name, on his name. And he said, as long as I have a people in this land that will honor me, Pastor Mark said, that will humble themselves, keep me at the center of who they are, I will always bless this land. Come on, Jehoshaphat. I will always take care of this land. And we will always remind God, God, you said. All right, watch this. Let me, let me hurry. This is where we got to go. Faith now, because the fight is about faith, right? I'm a little choppy this morning because I'm trying to work with the time. I don't want nobody to feel like we're going to hold you late. So God doesn't give us faith to make it happen. He gives us faith to access a realm where it's already happened. We don't have faith to make something happen. We have faith to access a realm where it's already possible. So faith is our positive response to what God has already provided. That's what faith is. Faith is not trying to make God do something. Faith is a posture of receptivity to believe what God has already done. So when you became born again, how many know that your salvation was purchased before you got saved? You, you, you just received what was already provided. How many know that your healing was already purchased before you got healed? Your breakthrough was already broke through before you needed a breakthrough because it was already provided. So our faith puts us in a position to receive what God has already made available. By faith, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Watch it. So the core, the centrality of our faith is not for another house. It's not for another car. And I'm saying you can't use your faith for those things. I, whatever, wherever you add on that scale, it don't matter to me. But it's not for more money. It's not for a bank account. It ain't for a husband. It ain't for a wife. God can use those things. I'm not saying that that's not out of order. I'm just saying that, that that's not what faith. Faith is to please God. What pleases God when you do his will? What pleases God when a nation does his will? What causes a nation to be blessed is when a nation is operating according to the principles and the patterns and the policies of God's word. That's why we have to fight to stay in faith because we're not just fighting for our neighborhood. We're fighting for everybody's neighborhood. So our main target in faith is to please him, right? So he gives us the ability to have a measure of faith. He gives us a measure of faith. So that our faith can grow, it can move, it can expand. It begins to take on a movement of itself. And I know the church is divided because we get divided over politics, which is silly to me when we should be, we should be agreeing on God's word. But there's, there's an anointing that's surging in the body of Christ. I want to help us as a church understand there's an anointing that's surging in the body of Christ. And it's an anointing to overthrow. Got three amens over here, right over here. There's an anointing. See, we, you, you, don't, you don't operate based on news. You operate based on word. Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we are surrounded, and we don't know what to do, but we're going to put our eyes on you. 
We're going to trust you in the middle of this warfare. We're going to trust you in the middle of this battle. Every believer will come to certain crossroads in your life when you will have to be forced to live in the power of your faith or in the potential of your doubt. You're going to have to make a decision. And I, I just want to say it this way because of the lack of teaching, preaching from the pulpits in America for the last 75 years. We've lost a generation that don't know how to fight. We've lost a generation that don't know how to stand in faith and believe God for something. And so now it's going to be up to those who know how to stand, who know how to fight, and begin to say back to the enemy, we may not know how to overthrow you. We may not know how to come against you with, with weapons of warfare and things like that, but we got a word against you. We've got a prayer against you. we got a God that can be against you. So when you understand... Here's Jehoshaphat. This is, this, is where, this is it right here. Jehoshaphat got some bad news. Three nations are coming against him to destroy him. Geographically, these armies were coming up from behind like a surprise attack. And they were only 25 miles out. Jehoshaphat didn't have time to put a strategy, strategy together. He didn't have time to pull a plan together. Jehoshaphat didn't have time to counter with a strategy. The fight was in his backyard. It was on him now. I'm just trying to tell you, church, the fight is on us now. And there's something about a surprise attack or a new development that will drive you back to God. It's one thing when I can see an enemy coming and get ready for it. But it's another thing when it happens unexpectedly. And the Bible says he began to turn his attention to the Lord. He didn't turn to popular culture. He didn't turn to Facebook. <laughs> he didn't turn on Fox. Can't get no amen down my Fox fans today. That's all right. I'm picking on you. You know I'm coming down your road because you believe in Fox more than you believe in God. He didn't go to the Democratic Party. He didn't go to the Republican Party. He went to God. He didn't go to Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. It was ticking and a talking, but it wasn't TikTok. It was moving. The enemy was moving against him. And just like you're sitting in here today, there's an enemy moving against you. You're sitting here, well, my world is good. No, there's an enemy that's coming up behind you. You don't see him, but there's an enemy that's coming up behind you, and he ain't coming up here to high-five you. He is coming here to destroy you. He is coming here to take you out. He's coming to take you out, to take your kids out, to take your grandkids out. He's coming to move and marshal an army against you unlike you have never seen. And if you just sit there and say, well, I just believe God's going to work it out. No, you better get ready, and you better put your face before the Lord, and you better know how to pray. You better know how to read your Bible. You better know how to fast. You better know how to persevere. You better know how to stand in the middle of all the adversity and not let the enemy overthrow one promise that God has ever given you. Push on somebody, tell it all changes when God gets involved. Okay, here we go. Pastor Porter, you might as well just come on. Here we go. He sought God because the battle was bigger than him. And let, look with me, and guys, I don't think I gave you the scripture, but, and, and we didn't read it, but in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 14, I think, we didn't read it. Yeah, verse number 14. This is, in, this is part of his prayer. And he said, In the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Metaniah, the Levite, and the sons of Asaph. And he said, Listen, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord." My question was, God, why did you mention all these names? We just read those names, like, like four or five different names. What was the, what's the relevance of saying these names? You have to understand, every name represents a generation that God had been faithful to. 
God. Every generation, when the purposes of God was being passed to the next generation, God was faithful to them. And I just came to say to us, sometimes you got to mention some people that you know who God has made a way where there seems to be no way. Because if God was faithful to that generation, that's what, that's what Jehaziel was saying. He said, listen, if God was faithful to that generation, come on, Jehoshaphat, he's going to be faithful to your generation. The battle for the church in America, the battle for every life in America is not about power. It's about position. You have to position yourself for victory. And, and he said, this, 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 he said, I want you to go out and face them for the Lord is with you. Watch the language. Face them, but don't fight. Face them, but don't fight. Your fight is not with flesh and blood. Your fight is in the realm of the spirit. Your fight is not to lose faith of the word of God. They didn't have to fight them, but they did have to face them. And sometimes it takes more faith not to fight than it does to take faith to stand and trust in the salvation of the Lord. You don't have to face, you're going to have to face them, but you don't have to fight them. And here's what you need to do, Joshua. In the midst of not understanding how it's going to come out, you're going to, have to trust me, and you're going to have to learn how to praise me under pressure. If I could say this to America, to the American church tonight, because everybody's just bewildered because of the election stuff, and, it, and it really, it's, 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 I guess it's earth-shaking if you look at it through the natural. But if you're looking at it through the spiritual, you got to understand we're fighting a big devil that's after everything you've ever believed in. And I wish I could say this from the rooftop to every church in America. This ain't the time to lose your faith. This is the time to throw your mouth open and begin to worship God and thank God because God is working on our behalf. God is at work on behalf of his people. God is going to do something on, on behalf. Watch this. Not on behalf of the government, he's going to do something on behalf of his people, on behalf of the church. So you got to have a just Jehoshaphat anointing. So come on, just get on your feet and open up your mouth and just begin to thank him for a moment. I would praise him no matter what. If I was you, I would praise him no matter what. Because when you praise, he's working an ambush. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds in just a moment, then we're gonna go home. See, when you begin to declare the promises of God, what Jehoshaphat did, the word of the Lord to Jehoshaphat in his day, the armies were coming, they were coming up behind, and they were coming with vengeance and they were coming with fierceness. And the Lord said, I just want you to say thank you. Just begin to thank me. Even when you don't see me moving, just know I'm intentional. I'm intentional. Just because you don't see my hand on it, just know that I'm intentional. Even when I don't see, when you don't see me moving, just know that I'm doing something behind the scenes and it's intentional. In Judges chapter 1, verse number 7, it says, Judah. That's who Jehoshaphat was king over, Judah. Judah shall go first, and I've given the land into his hand. Psalm 76.1 says, God is known in Judah. Judah means praise. Judah shall go first. God is known in praise. Now watch this. We're closing right here. Psalm, uh, Gen uh, Genesis 49. Real softly, Pastor Porter. Genesis 49. Jacob's prophesying over his children. One of them was Judah, and he says, Judah's hand shall be on the neck of his enemies. Let's put it on. Praise shall be on the neck of your enemies. Yeah. And the scepter will not depart from praise from Judah. 
Psalms 108 says, Judah is my scepter. Hear this. A scepter was the instrument that a king would hold in his hand that represented his power and his authority. So to say that Judah was God's scepter is to say that praise is God's power and authority in the life of every believer in the earth. Psalms 114 says, Judah became God's sanctuary and Israel his dominion. Judah is the headquarters of God's presence. You know why I ain't falling apart? Because I've been praising God. You know why I'm not mixed up and I'm not ranting on Facebook and I'm not putting out all kinds of stuff? Because I've got a praise in my heart that no party can steal from me. I've got a praise in my heart because I believe that God is at work. Even when I don't see him, I know he's working because he's working all things for my good. He loves his people. He loves his church. He loves this nation. So sometimes you just got to stand back and just like, like, have a praise party. I know some of y'all think that's way too religious. It's way too spiritual because you're not like that. But I'm telling you, that's the problem. That's why we get caught up in media wars because we don't know how to stand in our position and just believe God. But you just got to say, Lord, I thank you. You've already said it. You've already declared it. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm not going to be moved by what I hear. I believe God. At the end of the day, I believe God. Come on, Judah. There's a praise. There's an authority. There's a righteous remnant that has authority when you lift your voice. Come on, 30 seconds and give him the highest praise. Come on, give him a praise. We give you praise. Praise. Lord, I praise you for this land. Lord, I praise you for righteous government. God, I praise you for righteous people. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I Last night, prophetically, and I don't do this unless I just really believe that God is putting something on it, but the Bible says when Judah began to praise God, when they begin to lift their voice and thank God with enemies coming up from behind them, no plan of attack, no plan of strategy to counter it. They didn't have enough time. The enemy was on them. All they could do was just begin to respond to God and thank God for what he's already done and thank God for his promises that he's already said. And when the enemies were coming up, the Bible says that they began to give thanks unto the Lord for his Lord, for their Lord was great and kind and his loving kindness. And they just began to magnify the Lord. They began to sing praise and worship the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the enemies that were coming against them 
all of a sudden their enemies turned on each other. Because when they begin to praise, it put a confusion in the enemy's camp. You want to know the power of your scepter? You want to know the power of your praise? You want to know the power of your authority? When you begin to pray, I'm telling you, God's putting some confusion in the voting fraud that's going on in America. He's bringing down every fraud. He's bringing down Jezebel. He's bringing down manipulation because confusion is coming into the enemy's camp. It's coming. When you praise him, it's coming. When you praise him. I want to hold you. That's why I'm just trying to end up. The reason why confusion needs to come in on this whole voter fraud thing, it's not because of President Trump. It's what's going to happen the next four years and the next four years and the next four years where you don't have a say in nothing because you, the people, will be controlled by a dictating, socialistic, communistic movement. So that's why it has to be exposed. And you know what? I'm good with it. If there is no voter fraud, which they've already got evidence that it is, but if they came out with nothing, I'm good with it. I can live with the decisions that we're in, and I promise you, I can pray for President Biden like I prayed for President Trump. I can do that. I don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem with Jezebel manipulating spirits that's trying to usurp authority. And the church has to be the one that's contends. Now, what? Here, here's her, I'm going to say this and we're going to go. God put an ambush in their camp. What was coming to kill them started killing each other. Just watch it prophetically. Watch what happens in the next three days. There's going to be a, a landslide of confusion that's going to go on in Washington. Now, here's the part. That, this is what I heard the Lord say to us. And when they got through defeating one another... The Bible says that Israel went into the, their camp and they were three days picking up the spoils. Whew. I'm telling you, there's about to be a turnover in your house. There's about to be a turnover in your business. There's about to be a turnover in your marriage. There's about to be a turnover in your finances. There's about to be a turnover in your children. You're about to walk into the enemy's camp, and you're going to say, that's mine, that's mine, that, you stole it, you came in here, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Because when God gets involved, everything changes. Everything changes when God gets involved. On the count of three, lift up a shout. One, two, three. There's something that I've I, that God's just laid on my heart over this past week. His church was never meant to feel like, oh boy, we dodged the bullet because so and so got put in office. So and so is not and never will be our savior. So and so has never sent his son to a cross to die for our sins. Him alone and resurrect him in three days to end the enemy's control over our life. So President Trump is not our savior. That's right. That's right. And when the church gets it wrong, they look at him as if, well, that's God's man. That's God's man. Well, maybe he is. But the thing of it is you can't look at him in pride and say, that's the man. That's the man, because let me tell you something. God will never, ever relinquish his power or authority to a man. And let me just go to the other side. President Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, 
You will never be able to control the church of God. You will never, ever, ever have that authority on this earth. The lies of Satan that has been that has just ran rampant over all of this has been to come in and try and throw confusion into the house of God, into the children of God. We don't lift up a man's name or a woman's name and say, oh, praise so-and-so. We lift up the name of God. He is our banner. He is our strong tower. So I will never look at a man or a woman to fill the place of authority over my life, but God himself. And that's where God is getting his church back to. He's getting his church back to the place that we trust him no matter what. That is his place of authority. That is our place of victory no matter what we have, the victory. We've just not ever had to come in this place before. We as the American church has never walked in this place before. And the enemy has been very good at bringing division. And I'm angry. I'm angry at, I'm angry at the ability that he's had to bring confusion and to bring division over something that is of this world such as voting such as politicians such as this government it's of this world and I promise you when that eastern sky spreads open and our God returns this government will will, will go to the ashes that it came from and his government and authority will rule and reign forever and eternity I plan to be with him he is God alone I don't look to a political party to answer my needs. What he, what he wants, he doesn't need it because he's God all by himself. He's sovereign. He snaps his fingers and it's done. But what he wants is for his church to finally rise up. Repent for not being his light and being the salt in this earth. That has brought that will bring change to people's lives. Because a politician can't bring it. And a politician will never make you free. You're free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's what makes us free. So it's time for the church to stand up and rise up. It's time for the church to come together, not on Facebook. If you're going to put anything on Facebook, you praise your God that's brought you through and will continue to do so. He's the final authority. Yes. We obey his word. We, listen, listen, Adam and Eve had one rule. One rule. Don't eat of the tree. They couldn't do that. They had one thing. One thing that they were not supposed to do. All we have to do as the church is rise up as the church. Because right now, unity is nowhere to be found. Unless you're on the certain side of whatever political stand you take. And that has become a God. And God will not share his rule and reign on this earth with anything. We have generations watching. He's, he is a generational God. And we have generations to raise up under the fear and admonition of our God. There is, we, we have lost our fear of God. Amen. We are to have a reverent fear of our God. Because he's the only one that can save us. He's the only one that can bring us out. And he's holy. And he's mighty in power. We're not meant to fight this battle with each other. We're meant to pray for each other, lift each other up. That is our place. That is our stand in God's kingdom rule. And that's where we abide is in his kingdom rule. I'm sorry, I'm just intense. This is something that God has passionately placed in my heart.
to share. I didn't know if it was going to be today or not, but he would not leave me alone. We've got to stop and recognize it's when we come together and we don't start worshiping and praising him because we want so-and-so to be in office. He knows the motives of our heart. Our heart's cry is, God, I love you no matter what. I know you're for me no matter what. I have seen your faithfulness in your word. I have served your promises for me or yes and amen, and nobody can change that. No one on this earth can change that. He's God all by himself. And my cry is as we as his church come together and we start crying out, not for a man, not for a woman, but for our God. He's our only way to salvation, and he's our only hope. He's our ever-present help in time of need. He's God on the throne. Amen? All right. That's how we'll end it, I guess, right there. What a word. Hallelujah. That's, that has to be the church's posture. That has, to be, that has to be our position. Do we believe in righteous government? All day long. Do we believe there's evil agendas and wrong governments? All day long. Do we believe that wickedness is working in the governments? Yes, we do. You see their platforms. It's not even hidden. It's blatantly put out there. <laughs> I had a friend of mine call me text me whatever he did yesterday and he said what are we going to do? I said what do you mean? He said well it looks like Joe Biden's coming after our guns. I said he is? Just fear. Just fear. And you know what? That party wants to come after your guns. That's, that's a fact. That's not, I'm, I'm not fact-checking. I'm not making it up. I go, that's what they said. But we have constitutional rights that protect us. And then more importantly, we got a God that governs over the affairs of men. And I had to say to him, just like I'm saying to you, God's still working. God's still at work, even when you don't see him. I just got a thumbs up that it quit raining. I'm going to let you go. Look at somebody next to you and say, I'm so glad you made it today. One more time, can we give our veterans a great big God bless you this morning for their service. We love our veterans. Thank you. Father, bless your people, Lord. Thank you today for what you're doing. Thank you for touching hearts and lives. And Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Lord, I thank you for Christina and Josh and their family. Continue to bring ministry to them. Touch their hearts today in a supernatural way. Touch those kids, those grandkids. Lord, just bring peace and healing over that family today. And we just bless them. And we give you praise and glory and honor for it all today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen. Hug on somebody real good. We'll see you Tuesday night for